I'm Chris Reback. This is Working Capital Conversations. In many industries, the challenge of bringing more women into leadership roles, creating the opportunities to start and grow careers, remains. Financial services, alternative investments in particular, is no exception. That's the challenge Girls Who Invest is built to address. The nonprofit was founded in 2015 to inspire and empower young women to pursue asset management careers. Their goals? To see 30% of the world's investable capital managed by women by 2030. So how do they do this? As you'll hear from Girls Who Invest CEO Janet Cowell, they're building a brand new pipeline, connecting leading firms, education, and mentoring to create a new network of talent and opportunity. About Janet Cowell, she's got a fascinating and perfect background. She held publicly elected offices in North Carolina for 15 years and was the first woman elected state treasurer there, managing over $100 billion in assets and health and retirement benefits for over 900,000 members. But before her public service, Janet held positions in the private sector in the U.S. and abroad, including as a securities analyst for Lehman Brothers and HSBC in Hong Kong and Southeast Asia. She's seen financial services from all sides. Before my conversation with Janet, though, I have an ask from me to you. I hope you like these Working Capital Conversations, and if so, I'd appreciate if you'd take a moment, go to iTunes, and if you're so moved, leave a five-star review. The ratings really matter. They go a long way to helping other people find the podcast. Thank you for considering my request. That's it. Here's my conversation with Janet Cowell. Janet, thanks for your time. I appreciate you joining me. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. So uh, what is Girls Who Invest, and what's a state treasurer, a former state treasurer like you doing in a job like this? Yeah. So Girls Who Invest is a nonprofit that aspires to get more women into asset management, and one of our goals is to have 30% of world assets managed by women by 2030. Why is it needed? Uh, well, I think, you know, you mentioned, so I was the state treasurer for this North Carolina, and when you sit in those seats, I was managing $90 billion and looking at all sorts of money managers coming to the table. Um, you see that it's a very male-dominated industry, and yet you also see that there's a lot of really bright young women out there who are quantitative and are interested in, in math and would be really good investors, but somehow either don't have exposure to this industry or have a negative opinion of the industry or try to get in and somehow, you know, the culture and other obstacles prevent them from succeeding. So um, Girls Who Invest is looking to, one, give exposure to young women who are in college, um, freshman, sophomore in college in the United States, to this industry, give them the technical training that they can succeed in it, and then connect them with some of the leading asset management firms so that they can uh, get those first job experiences and um, succeed. So, and you identify, I mean, I, I assume, I mean, you're talking about something that's that's unfortunately, obviously, um, not new, and that a lot of, uh, you know, folks have made various efforts at addressing, and not just in this industry. I mean, you know, we could run through essentially every industry under the sun, I would think, um, have made efforts at, and you really identified, I think, the, the two 
you know, aspects, I guess, if you, if you maybe think about it, the output and the, the input. Um, once one is in the industry there, you know, you just, you know, you're talking about cultural issues, um, whatever kind of historical, uh, you know, blocks there may be or, or, you know, challenges there. Um, but also on the input side, uh, getting the women or, and, and girls at, at that stage, because I think you deal even at the, the high school level, um, you know, getting them interested. Do you see more need on one side versus the other? Do you see more ability to make impact on one side versus the other? Do you find yourself going back and forth, you know, from inside the asset management firms to the women, you know, in the funnel going into the industry? Where, where do you see your, your best opportunities? Well, I think for us, it's, it's the pipeline and that front end and getting the young women trained um, connecting them with the job experiences and mentoring them. I think mm-hmm. one of the big roles we play is trying to um, slow down and give some oxygen to the whole recruitment environment uh, in undergraduate um, space. I mean, a lot of these young women, as they do get exposure to the industry, it's coming at them fast and furious. And so we're trying to, to get them to think about what are your skills, you know, where do you think you might fit, and be thoughtful about the type of firm you go for. Don't just respond to the, you know, the biggest name or, uh, you know, marquee out there or whoever asked you first. Um, but so the mentoring is, is huge. Um, and we do mentor these young women as they come into our program um, after they have their internship and through their entire undergraduate career as they're navigating um, their interviews and recruiting um, in the industry. So, and how do you do the outreach? I mean, how, how do you connect with these uh, with the women in the first place? So we uh, target around 100 colleges and universities in the United States, mm. and we look at universities that have um, good quantitative programs, um, finance. These women can be from any uh, major, but we are looking for people who have innate abilities in quantitative skill sets that would be good at, you know, asset management or have an interest, even if that's not their major. Um, We're also looking at diversity. So we're looking at colleges and universities with large, um, historically underrepresented minority populations. Um, So those are, and in public universities, uh, we've had a lot of success with private schools taking advantage of our program and young women there who, you know, the word of mouth, maybe they have more resources to know about the program. The public's um, have not, they've only been about 15% of our class size. So we're making an extra effort this year to make sure that the public universities know about our program. And how do the asset management firms react? I mean, it, to an outsider like me, it would feel potentially double-edged. On the one hand, you know, really terrific, uh, very positive, and they, you know, would want to be supportive and and increase the pipeline and increase representation and and meet that 30% goal. At the same time, on some level, it requires admitting quasi-publicly that things aren't currently where they might like them to be. Uh, So how do the asset management firms uh, feel about uh, GWI? Well, I will say, you know, we're in year three, and we were oversubscribed last year, Hmm. and I came on board in January, and we really have just had a lot of inbound interest and could well be oversubscribed again this year. Um, And just to give you a sense, we had 100 um, young women on our on-campus program last year, so we're still, you know, fairly small. Um, Next summer, we'll be between 100 and 150, but um, that said, 
it's nice to see so many firms with inbound calls of interest. And the other thing I'm seeing is is um, firms are starting to hire undergraduate interns who may not have had undergraduate interns before. Some of them are formalizing internship programs from friends and family to becoming more strategic, uh, formal programs. Others are, you know, aligning big global financial firms who've had maybe, you know, five or six different programs that are more individually driven and, and looking at it more strategically. So I'm definitely seeing some very positive and constructive engagement around the internship and that, that early stage entry level jobs in the asset management industry. That, that's interesting. Is asset management as an industry maybe less formalized in the internship and, and that undergrad first job pipeline? And this by this, I mean both for women and uh, men, um, as compared to, say, uh, investment banking or management consulting or, or maybe even tech tech firms where there are these you know really rigorous well organized historical processes that really are underway right now at many of the undergraduate schools it, it, has asset management has, as an industry historically been less formal uh, about that process i believe the question is you know is, is yes the answer is yes um, you think about what it takes to become a doctor or a lawyer and it's pretty clear Um, becoming an asset manager, it's not so clear. Mm. And a number of asset management firms do rely on the investment banking industry, which you mentioned, right, as a training ground for those young people to then come into the asset management, private equity, real estate firms. A lot of them recruit out of investment banking. So it's not clear, uh, you know, does one need to do investment banking? Can you go straight into asset management? But I think a lot of the asset management firms are realizing that when they hire out of investment banking, the numbers of women and minorities are already have fallen off dramatically, even mm. in the two years of the investment banking. Yeah. So if they wait, then they're not going to get the kind of diversity of candidates that they're looking for. So some of them are thinking about, well, let's start, you know, earlier with the internships, Think about maybe doing our own training programs. Think about programs to advertise asset management within investment banking so people know there's a bridge back over. I mean, there's all sorts of conversations going on. You are a quote, and I put it in quote, girl who invests, obviously a woman. I'm just uh, playing off the name. Actually, do you ever yep, get yep. Uh, the, the name girls who invest? Um, it's a it's a playful name, obviously. Does, does anyone, do, do any of the women involved ever say could we, you know, should we call it women who invest or everyone's fine and it's kind of a, it's a playful name, girls who invest? Yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, the founder, Sima Hingarani, yeah. originally this was all modeled after Girls Who Code. Yes, of course. Um, which really is obviously well known. a very successful organization, very well known. And yeah. I think the Girls Who moniker has a lot of power and, as you said, sort of energy behind it. Yeah, yeah. We decided ultimately that the easiest entry point was freshmen and sophomore in colleges. So you're right. I mean, we're talking about young women for mm-hmm. the most part. We do not have formal high school programs, although, of course, we get interest from young women and high school students who are interested and not yet you know, able to um, be part of the formal program. And so we've had debates about that. I think right now we, we think there's enough of a, like you said, energy and power behind the name um, that we've stuck with it. 
but um, Th- there is. But I, I just I, I just found myself self conscious as I was thinking of the the question yes, being quasi cute. I didn't want to be yes. insulting in 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 you know yep. in, in the term. So uh, fine. So that, since we've established that uh, we're we're you know using the energy of the name, and uh, I'm in no way intending to be insulting. Uh, you are a girl, quote unquote, who invests. Yeah, yeah. Um, what brought you into the field? So you know, I was in politics for 15 years. And one of the lessons I've learned is that if you're going to work on an issue, um, work on one that has momentum and energy behind it, because it's hard to move the needle on anything that's, you know, these broad, multifaceted issues like women and diversity in an asset management industry. And this issue of combining women and finance and education hits, I think, three areas that are very powerful when combined. I mean, there's all sorts of studies, right, globally, that if you can get more money in the hands of women, that you solve all sorts of problems. It's not just the immediate, you know, woman who's who's got the money, but her family does better, the community does better, you know, there's more peace, more health, more wellness. Um, so I think that's true internationally, but I think it's also true domestically. Um, so I really appreciated the mission mm. of education, women and finance. And I want to follow up on that, but it's occurring to me that I didn't really ask you, explain the program if you would. So so you get, you, you've talked about a class of 100, maybe a class of, of 150 and, and a program. Literally, what does that look like? What what happens? Where do they go? What, what does that program look like? Right. So Girls Invest, it's, it's a right now U.S. domestic program. And we recruit from all, so like I said, about 100 universities and colleges uh, nationwide, so that's specifically targeted. They can come from, you know, an, any number. Um, we are looking at sophomores primarily for an on-campus program, um, so rising juniors, their sophomore summer. They come to one of two campuses, um, Penn, and now we have Notre Dame that we just expanded to. Yep. Those two campuses have these host these young women from all over the country for four weeks and professors at their business schools um, teach. We also have um, partner firms come in so they get inspired by leaders in the industry, start to see the material come alive. They do an equity case study on like this summer we did McDonald's in Chicago, got to go meet the the senior leadership at McDonald's and value, you know, evaluate their stock. Um, after the four weeks are over, all these young women disperse across the country to internships at some of the top asset management firms. So some oh. of them may be in Dallas with Vista Equity. They could be in San Francisco with Farallon um, or in New York with, um, you know, one of our firms there, Carlisle. Uh, after that, we keep coaching and mentoring them. Um, we have a jobs board where all of our f- partner firms can post jobs. All these young women can be on there and, you know, from the different, different classes and cohorts. Um, we also have online programs. So we have offered for freshmen and university CFA investment foundations. We partner with the CFA Institute, chartered financial, um, analyst yep. and, um, offer them sort of another exposure. That's kind of a pipeline program into our summer program. And then we also have a partnership with Wharton on their Wharton Business and Financial Modeling Curriculum, which is a certificate program um, for young women who may not be able to participate in the on-campus, but clearly have aptitude and, um, you know, possibilities of being in the industry. 
What a network. So they really, by, by getting into this program after sophomore year, um, uh, I guess just immediately they have a, a network of 100 or so colleagues or, you know, like-minded, like-aged women all thinking about the same area. But then, you know, understanding what you're doing, you, they then get the placement into, you know, an internship um, and all of the uh, mentoring opportunities that come after that. It's really uh, – that's a that's a pretty powerful opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, and we are trying to stretch. I mean, we, we have a lot of young women who are from, you know, top schools, and they're successful, and they could be successful without the program, but I think the mentoring and, and that sort of slowing it down and, yeah. and the coaching really help. But we do have around 25% of our students are socioeconomically disadvantaged, and we have about 20% um, historically underrepresented minorities. I think we can even improve on those numbers next year and still keep you know, really high-quality um, program because obviously one of the factors of success is do our internship firms feel good about the young women's work and did they contribute to the teams and, and um, do they want to hire them back? And, and I think so far the answer to that has been Yes, um, we've had about 80% of these young women stay in the finance industry broadly. Some of those are going to investment banking, but um, over half are staying on the asset management buy side. And um, we've had good, um, really good uh, retention of all of our financial partners. Yeah, that's excellent. Those are uh, really strong and important metrics in addition to the uh, 30% of uh, world assets uh, becoming under management by women. Um, that that you uh, identified at the beginning of the conversation. So y- you personally, you have gone from a role where your actions impacted 10 million North Carolinians, you know, every day, I guess, to one where you're really dealing with, um, you know, I guess maybe a, a hundred, hundred and fifty at a time, but really at the individual level, you know, one at a time, you know, person by person, trying to change their lives, and you know, as a result, uh, I'm sure. Um, change in industry. H- how do you think about the differences in scale around your impact? You know, it's kind of ironic because, you know, when I was managing $100 billion, many times people don't understand what treasurers do at all. You know, it's, and so there's not much attention, and yet, you know, Girls Who Invest, just the name, can can evoke lots of different interests, and so you can get as much <laughs> press or uh, power in the marketplace in some ways <clears throat> running a small organization as mm-hmm. you can with the responsibility and accountability of running a large one. So I think the timing of you know being in the space with all the different national dialogues going on makes it um, you know a very dynamic space to be working in. And then um, just the network of being in New York and the connection with the firms on these issues, um, so I, th- I, th- I think it, it goes beyond um, just 100 and 150 you know, students in the class in any given year to um, just the influence of the dialogue and um, influencing these large firms in a bigger way. You, you talk about the national dialogue, and obviously there's you know, tremendous uh, um, national dialogue uh, around the Me Too movement. Um, and that has hit a number of industries, I guess probably every industry as well, as we were talking about in a different fashion uh, earlier. D- does that come up? Do, do the women talk about that, the young women? Do they, do they talk about that? Do they ask about it? Do they worry? Do they, do they wonder whether 
business in general, not just asset management, but media, Hollywood, all the different areas that have been hit. Do, do they do they ask you at all about have things improved? Is this something they still need to worry about? How has the Me Too discussion impacted uh, anything about what you do? Well, you know, and I would say since the beginning of this program, we've had conversations with young women about managing your career and the, you know, dealing with HR and all the components that go with that. So yeah. it's, it's not just sort of the behavioral um, issues around how, how do you um, deal with it if someone invites you out for dinner and you're not comfortable with that? Can you suggest a lunch meeting instead? I mean, you know, sim- simple things like that to, you know, how do you negotiate a salary package? You know, what should you be anticipating? So there is a lot of discussion um, around the workplace and all the different elements of it that you might encounter. Um, and we do have um, coaching and social skills and, and training um, around the host of those. I think most of these young women are very positive and excited about the future, and so that's not as much front and foremost in their mind. I mean, they're more worried about, you know, do they have the right skill set and do they yeah. learn their modeling well enough to succeed? I think some of those things, the awareness of it comes with time. How did politics prepare you for what you do today? Well, of course, these issues are very broad, multifaceted challenges, um, just diversity and inclusion and in industries and jobs, um, women's empowerment. All of those are issues I care deeply about as treasurer and started, you know, working on many of those there with emerging manager programs or, you know, women on corporate boards and shareholder, um, you know, um, petitions to, to have more disclosure. So, um it certainly schooled me in the policy and actions that it takes to get movement on these. I mean, it's very rewarding to have a tangible program because there's a lot yeah. of, you know, politics, there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of posturing, but many times there's not the tangible results to show. I think Girls Who Invest, um, you know, it is very tangible. It's very inspiring to be with these young women who are very excited and have so much talent and can go out and change the world and, um, you know, so I feel good about um, the time I spend here. Yeah, no, I'm sure you do. It's a, it's a remarkable opportunity to, uh, I mean, clearly get to impact not only these uh, individual women, but, but the industry as well, as you're describing. Um, Janet, to close out, um, at least on my side, what's next? What would you, you know, I guess uh, we're now, you know, the, the summer is over. Uh, the internships have ended. I guess maybe now you're at the stage where um, are you finding out now whether women will be accepting or taking jobs? I know this is kind of the season the next month or two where uh, undergrads are, are getting various offers in different industries. What, what stage are you at right now in the cycle, and what do you kind of hope? What's your vision? What, what's next for Girls Who Invest? Yeah, well, we've opened our application for this year's program. So if you go to our website, girlsinvest.org, um, the application is on there, and young women can apply. Uh, again, we're looking at sophomores in college applying for the summer program. And uh, if that doesn't fit, that we do have the online program, um, which is out there as well. And um, so that's all live, and um, hope that many people will will apply this year. You know, and in the future, you know, growth, absolutely. I mean, I have a sense that, you know, we've had 100, 150 young women 
there are hundreds of young women out there in the United States with this sort of interest and energy to go into asset management, and so we can certainly expand. I think we're looking at a West Coast expansion um, somewhere after next. Um, mm. We've talked to a university that I think will, will come in. And then, you know, the other big opportunity, and this is a global industry, is international. Um, about half of our applications are um, from really talented international students, and we aren't able to accommodate the vast majority of those because of the work visa situation. Mm. Um, so I think that does beg the question of, you know, what happens to all those super bright young women who apply? Do they get jobs anyway? Do they go back to their home countries and get jobs there? Do they just never get into the industry? Um, but there's a lot of talent left on the table, and I think that's another question that, um, you know, girls who invest through partnership or, or maybe other organizations um, – there's definitely an opportunity there. Well, that that all sounds uh, outstanding. And with only marginal bias, if you are looking at a West Coast university as a Cal grad, I only hope <laughs> that you're looking at the north side of the bay. I, I've heard a rumor there's another school to the south, but it's on a farm, and, and you really want to focus you know, <laughs> north, north Bay. So uh, I, I'm not going to press you, but I really hope that's where your focus is, Janet. Yes. Well, California is an amazing state, so <laughs> wherever we are there, we would be happy, happy. Oh, I, so, so you have not left politics, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Janet, thank you. Right. Thank you uh, very much for your time and, and for the work that you're doing. Really uh, um, impressive and exciting uh, group. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Chris.